even though I worked for a multi-billion dollar organization, I started when the organization, my division had just started. Like when I started in my division, like we didn't even have a bank account. I literally came and it was almost like a startup within a company. And so they didn't have a bank account. They were literally like just kind of like forming. And so you know how it is when you work with startups, you know, you might be hired for accounting, but you're doing the accounting. You're helping out the marketing team. You are in some cases planning events and logistics. So even though I got burnt out from the accounting role, that role really expanded my business development skills because I was forced to be able to just coordinate and collaborate with so many different departments across the globe, honestly. Welcome back to another episode of When Hers United, the podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I truly appreciate you listening in. This is season 11, episode seven, entitled Show Up Consistently with Chanel Evans. Before we jump into the interview, I want to tell you more about me and When Hers United, the podcast. I believe that success leaves clues. And When Hers United, the podcast was created to give you the clues you need to succeed in business, mindset, personal development, and self-care. These are the four pillars we stand on here at When Hers United, which is why they are emphasized. So we all can live a complete and fulfilled life, both personally as well as professionally. I also believe that you can't be what you can't see, which is why When Hers United showcases women of color entrepreneurs. If you love When Hers United, please invite someone you know to listen and tell your friend to tell a friend. Let's spread the knowledge, y'all. You know we believe in being empowered and empowering on. Now, without further ado, let's get into season 11, episode seven, entitled, Show Up Consistently with Chanel Evans. All right, we're back with another amazing, winning woman of color entrepreneur, Chanel. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. You're welcome. So excited to have you, to learn from you. Listen, y'all, Chanel about to talk about a topic that I need help in, right? And if I need help, I know I ain't the only one out there. So get your notebooks, get your pens and get ready, right? I'm excited. Yay. But before we get started, let me tell you more about Chanel. Chanel Evans, founder of Socially Savvy and co-founder of Fire Savvy is a powerhouse all on her own. From managing $3 billion project launches to launching her own successful company via social media close to three years ago, Chanel is no stranger to strategizing how to maximize how a business should show up in front of their dream clients. Chanel works with coaches and service providers who want to 10x their revenue by using proven sales, marketing, and client attraction strategies. Now, I never met anyone that didn't want a 10X. Like if you ask them, do you want a 10X, right? You know, I don't know anyone that may say no. It might be some people out there that say no. Some people, we look, I don't think we here 
saying no, right? So we want to hear all the goods, all the yeah, goods. Not in the winter circle. I'm, I know you about. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Chanel, let's get started by you telling us how you got started with your business, Socially Savvy and Fire Savvy. Yeah, absolutely. So one, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here chatting with you, chatting with your community about how we can be win hers, right? You know, just sharing each other's stories. So I work with coaches, experts, entrepreneurs, generally women, a few lucky gentlemen, but generally women hire me when they want to create viral visibility by leveraging cash generating content strategies. I started my marketing firm three years ago out of love, really, to be honest, for the community. So a little bit of background history. I have an accounting background. I was a finance director for a global multi-billion dollar rather organization. And it was a construction firm. And so as you can imagine, I was the only woman in leadership, the only person of color in leadership. And what that meant for me is that, you know, I was a lot of times tasked for a lot of diversity initiatives. I was head of the Women in Construction organization and helped charge that. I was in diversity and inclusion committees, but I was also in finance. And so my role in finance was extremely broad. It wasn't necessarily just kind of like spreadsheets and tick and tie. It was that, but it was very much broader than that. It was business development. It was marketing. It was coordinating with leadership. It was being able to like be a champion for these large transportation projects, but it also was me being the face of diversity for the organization, right? And so what that looked like, in addition to like my professional skills, what it also looked like is me being able to look at businesses that we would want to bring on into the organization, whether it's for partnerships, whether it is for collaboration. And what I found during my role, specifically looking at diversity, is that there's a lot of money set aside for minority businesses. There's a lot of money set aside for women-owned businesses. But then when you go and take a look at the online presence, when you go look at the website or you look at, then I'm going to date myself, you know, social media was really just starting to pop at that point where people were starting to leverage it for business. Like their social media presence was very non-existent, right? And so that really kind of bothered me, to be honest, because here I am like a champion for diversity, a champion for inclusion of businesses. But we can't award businesses that don't have what they need on paper to be able to receive these grant funds. Long story short, I left that position. The travel with it was just tremendous. I've traveled the world with that organization, but I got to the part where I really was burnt out. And I recognized that accounting really was not feeding my soul (laughs) the way that I wanted it to. Just before the pandemic, I'm literally, you know, kind of at this crossroads. And many of us are, right? You have these corporate skills that you want to be able to leverage, but you also have other skills that you want to be able to maximize and things that you want to be able to do from an entrepreneurial standpoint. And so for me, the pandemic was an opportunity to be able to really lean into my marketing and business development skills. But it also was an opportunity for me to pour into the community. I saw a number of businesses, local businesses, brick and mortar businesses that were really struggling to be able to translate what they were doing in a brick and mortar or an in-person setting, but being able to do it in an online platform and an online social media strategy. But I had done that before in my corporate role, and I had done that by building a nonprofit you know, during that time and built it through social media. And so I was like, you know what, Chanel? 
is either now or never. You either going to keep doing accounting and keep being fussing and complaining about how it don't make your heart sing, or you going to really lean in, take a chance on yourself, but also do what you love to do, but for businesses that you want to do it with. And so that was my defining moment. So about three years ago, just at the start of the pandemic, I started hosting master classes. I started hosting workshops. Honestly, I didn't even know that's what I was doing. I thought that I was just educating the audience, educating the community. But now I look back and now it's this fancy term called master classes. When, when, that, when I was doing it, I didn't realize that that's what it was. And so that's how my socially savvy organization got started, got birthed through the pandemic, but also by me really being able to champion and hold women and minority-owned businesses, create a name for themselves through online and social media awareness. Mm, I love that. I love that. So many nuggets, so many nuggets, right? So I wrote down a few things that jumped out to me, right? And the first one was cash generating that word, right? Because we do a lot of things on social media, but are they generating cash? You know, because our time is money, right? So, you know, what are we doing and how is it actually benefiting the bigger picture? And of course, we want to help the people. We want to help the people, right? But we also have to help ourselves and being able to live a decent life, right? They had you doing all, I said, I wrote now all the hats you had. <laughs> I really was. And so I work, even though I worked for a multi-billion dollar organization, I started when the organization, my division had just started. Like when I started in my division, like we didn't even have a bank account. I literally came and it was almost like a startup within a company. And so they didn't have a bank account. They were literally like just kind of like forming. And so you know how it is when you work with startups, you know, you might be hired for accounting, but you're doing the accounting. You're helping out the marketing team. You are in some cases planning events and logistics. So even though I got burnt out from the accounting role, that role really expanded my business development skills because I was forced to be able to just coordinate and collaborate with so many different departments across the globe, honestly. Mm, mm. So that made me think of transferable skills, right? Like everything is for a purpose, right? And leads to a bigger picture, right? So I love that. And then the other notes, right? Like sort of those, I guess, inspirational things, right? To throw out, right? Prepare yourself for the money. That made me sad, you know, that it's all this money out there, but yet some of us aren't showing up the way we need to show up to get the money that's set aside. The money is set aside for us, right? But we got to be the part or look the part, you know, present as the part to receive what is rightfully ours, right? So that's a note and a lesson within itself, right? And then also... Like what feeds your soul, right? And if your soul is not being fed, then what? And I think that's the premise of, if I go back and listen to the over 150 episodes, a lot of the message is my soul wasn't being fed, you know? And I truly believe we have this one life. I believe we can reinvent ourselves many times over this one life. But, you know, like if we want to look at it black and white, right? Like from our birth until our death is one. And what are we going to do with that one? Are you going to be miserable or are you going to, you know, I like to say, I want to leave the world empty, right? Meaning I've done everything I was created to do, right? So that's a lesson. And do it. Take a chance on yourself. Look, these are all tweetables, y'all. Go go out and tweet yeah. all these things, right? <laughs> because that's what they are. So talk to us about why it's important to maintain our social presence. 
Yeah. So the world, I don't have to tell y'all this. The world has changed, right? <laughs> if the pandemic didn't teach us anything, it should have taught us one that time is, you know, just goes by so quickly. I'm sure some of us probably felt like the pandemic was the longest two years, but now we, some of us probably look back and wish that we had some of that time back. But the other thing that we learned during the pandemic is that our online presence and how we do business has to change. You know, the days of picking up the phone or going to a networking event has changed. People have gotten used to being in their homes. They've gotten used to not having to commute. They've gotten used to not having to travel. They've gotten comfortable with meeting people online and bonding online. But that starts with us being able to find you online and not just being able to find you online, but are you credible? Do I engage with your content? Can I look at you from a very short three to seven second window and understand what it is you do and how you serve your clients? And so one thing that we know for sure during the pandemic sort of taught us that our attention span is really short too. And so online, we have to kind of bridge the gap between how we're showing up online, but then also in a way that connects with our audience in a very short amount of time, because we generally only have about three to seven seconds to do that. So that's why it's just so important to just regularly make sure that our content and our presence is updated, but in a way that makes us show up as an expert, but also the consistency is super important. Mm, I love that. I love that. And you touched on something that I wrote down from what you said last, right? And forgot to talk about it in relation to timing, you know, and the timing of even you starting your business, right? And, you know, like the time now, like it's a social world. And then it was so funny as I was listening to you, I wrote down the word attention span and it was literally one second before you said it. Right. right. So, you know, like, look, if we be in sync over here, y'all, we be in sync. Right. So that that's how you know it's real. Right. So I think that's really good, y'all. And I'm going to just call y'all out. Right. Chanel walks the walk. Right. She called me out recently. She ain't called me out personally, but I felt attacked because she put up a post talking about what y'all cover photo say, right? And my cover photo talks about the Winners United Virtual Summit that was held last year, right? I never took it down, right? Shame yeah. on me. But, you know, just those things, right? Because say someone goes there, like, who wants to get excited about an event? And then you click on the event and find out that it was like nine months ago. Like, what's going on here, right? So just to highlight that, like, even those little things, like, I remember when I attended one of your masterclass, you talked about what does your bio say, Right. right. You know, like all of those little things that actually lead to a big impact, which leads right into the next question I had. So, like, what practical tips do you have for people that may be struggling to be socially savvy? And it's me. Right. I'm people. Yeah, I got you. I got you. And we, I mean, and truthfully, we've all fallen into that, you know, as a social media business strategist, I fall into it as well. So when you say like walk the walk, like I walk the walk because I can relate to the clients. Like there are days that you don't want to be bothered. There's some days that you don't want to go live, but the consistency really helps. So from a practical standpoint, getting super duper clear on who it is you want to work with, who it is you want to work with, who can you work with, who is your expertise designed for? The second thing is having a clear knowledge of what your expertise is. You said it earlier, right? We have these transferable skills. We are win hers. We know that we can cook up the bacon, bring it home and do all the things. But sometimes we lead with all the stuff. And then the people that come to our page, they like, okay, hold up. 
She, you know, is a business coach. She an author. She a speaker. She do hair. She do this. She do that. Okay, sis, what do you want to be known for? And they got to be super duper clear, like pick kind of a lane, pick what your expertise is, but then also invest in creating an offer that is just so irresistible that one, your clients are excited about it, but you are excited about it. And when you are excited about what you have to offer, when you're super excited about how you can help your client and who is designed for you won't help but show up consistently because you're like, yo, like I put this offer together, it's fire. I know who it's designed for. I want to shout it from the mountaintops. Here's who it's for. This is what I work so hard for. But when sometimes when we're not clear on our audience or we're not clear on the offer, then we're like, eh, like ain't nobody gonna buy it no way or I'm not really excited about it. So I don't really want to show up consistently. So from a tangible standpoint, being super clear with the ideal client, your expertise, but then investing in a really cool offer that you want it, that you want to sell, you'll be excited for. Mm, I love that. I love that. So when you say investing in an offer, to me, that sounds mm-hmm. like what? Working with someone to help you create it. What do you mean? When you say investing, it make me think money, right? Yeah. So what is, okay, what does that look like? Sometimes it is investing money. Sometimes it's investing time or investing resources. So let's say, for example, you work with companies and help them get sponsorships, right? You help businesses get sponsorships, but like, how do we hire you to do that? Maybe we hire you through a strategy session. Maybe we hire you through an ongoing package. Maybe we hire you because you we bring you on as part of our event sponsorship team, right? That's what an offer is. But sometimes we have like these skills and you're like, well, they know that I do that. So they should just, you know, call and book me on their calendar. Well, what do you offer? Like, how am I going to buy it? Is it a session pack? Is it an offer? What comes in the offer? So yes, sometimes it is investing investing in a coach that can help you craft that. But then it's about sitting down and then putting the resources together in the time and doing that as well. Mm, okay, y'all, we got to do our homework, y'all. We got to get off after you got to listen to the whole episode, <laughs> right? We got to listen to the whole episode. But when you finish, sit down and take some time, you know, to get clear on all of the things, right? So that you are socially savvy and showing up and people radiate to you because they know exactly what you have going on. Yeah. So Chanel, I believe that we're better together, right? And I believe that you are living this principle by being the co-founder of Fire Savvy. So I wanted to talk, and I'm not sure if I ever took the time to really talk about this on the podcast in the past, but just to talk about partnerships, like how do you go about it? What's some of the do's or don'ts? What made you go in that lane? You know, like whatever you want to share in relation to partnerships. Yeah. So for one, social media brings about collaboration, or at least it should. So when we get super clear on our ideal client, a lot of times what happens is that we are out here attracting clients, but then we are also attracting collaborations and connections or podcast interviews like we're doing today, but it also can attract partnerships. And so Fire Savvy is a organization that I co-founded with my business partner, Donna St. Louis. We are creating a community of badass entrepreneurs who recognize that they want to accelerate their business, but do it through proven cheat cheat codes to be able to do that. And it started really, to be honest, on social media. People really would not recognize that or really know it, but it started through social media. It started when Donna posted something about like a masterclass 
about being the best kept secret and how to like really tweak your messaging so that you can attract the clients that you are designed to work with, right? I attended her masterclass. And so sometimes this is kind of as a side note, sometimes you know that you're watching somebody and you're like, I need to work with that person. But for whatever reason, we're like, I don't want to invest or I don't really know her like that. Or I just met her online. I don't know. But I attended, had never met her before, but her messaging really connected with me, sat in a six-week masterclass that literally changed my life. It changed how I thought about my business. It changed how I thought about how I price and structure my business. Then we got to working together. She was my business acceleration coach for quite some time. So she got to know my business extremely well. I got to know her flow extremely well. I started hosting retreats under a retreat builder program that she was hosting. But again, we started spending a good amount of time together, but also she helped me accelerate my business. So I knew that she knew what she was talking about, right? She was also someone who had built and sold a $250 million business. So who else to have in your corner, but somebody that has done what you want to do at a much grander scale, right? But here's the thing, what she is really good at is something that I help my clients do. So when you look at collaborations, you want to be super clear what your expertise is and what your lane is. And you want to know who is that, who your ideal client, who do they work with before they come to you? You also want to know who do they work with after you? So for me in social media business strategy, I work with clients who have offers that they're ready to launch. And then they come to me for that visibility in the content piece. When the launch ready part means that they are clear on their client, they're clear on their offer. Well, if they don't have an offer, usually it's not a good time to be on social. So I refer them to business coaches to be able to hear, you're not quite ready for me yet. Let's go back to the drawing board, go to a business coach and start working on your offer and craft an offer. Same with Donna. She works with people that accelerate their business, get their offers tight. But then when it comes to the marketing part, she's like, no, you need to work with somebody else. You need to work with Chanel, right? So we created Fire Savvy. Fire is her brand. Savvy is mine. Her brand is Fire Brand. Mine is Socially Savvy. We merged the two of them for this particular program. But it's like the dream for our dream clients because not only do they get the messaging and the business acceleration and how to really craft these high ticket offers, but then they come to me for the implementation and the client attraction piece and how to market it. But the bonus is, is that she's the top 10, one of the top 10 sales coaches in the country. And she's the only black woman in that top 10. So then you have, okay, I've gotten you, got it's clear on your ideal client. We super clear on your offer. Now Chanel's going to help you implement it and market it and that client attraction piece. But then when you get to the part where you get stuck on sales, it goes back to Donna and we communicate. We love our clients. We're always thinking of ideas for our clients and opportunities for them. So it's like a win, 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 win for our us, but also our clients because they really do get a 360 view of their business. I love that. Look, it's the ping pong for me. Look, ping pong yeah. you into yeah. success. Okay. I love that. And just a few things that I heard in relation to 
partnerships is get to know people, right? You know, a lot of times we might want to jump out the window, but did you take the time to actually <laughs> get to know this person? Right. You know, check receipts. Sounds like you did a great job of checking receipts, but also be open, right? It don't have to be a person that you knew since you was five years old, you know, somebody from your family or what have you. It could be someone that you just met, you know, as long as you all are walking toward the same direction. And I love how your strengths complement each other, right? Because I mean, you know, everybody doing the same thing, like how can we maximize quote unquote, right? But when we're- you know, like opposing strengths, so to say, it just completes the circle, right? So I love that. Love it. All right. So speaking of love, right? I think everybody loves a good hack, right? Every time I'm on social media, it's this hack, that hack, right? So talk to us, Chanel, about what mindset hacks you use to keep going when the going gets tough. Yeah, that's a really good one a really important one because the mindset will make or break us in our life, but in our business. So sometimes you got to recognize when you're in a funk, when you are, I call it like post-event depression. Sometimes, you know, you have like these awesome, amazing events. You might have a, you know, tremendously high revenue month. And then like the next event or the next month, you're like, oh my God, I cannot do it again. What if I can't do it? What if I host this? They don't come. What if I can't make this amount again? Like we start spiraling out of control. So one, recognizing that you're in that space is really important. But then you got to have business besties or a board of advisors. You got to have somebody you can ping that stuff off of because otherwise it will start to feed into your ideas. It starts to bleed into your creativity. It starts to bleed into your sales. And we don't want to show up We always want to show up our best selves. We don't want to show up desperate. We don't want to show up as thirsty. But if we are feeling that anxiety and that ups and downs, sometimes it can spill over into how we show up. So you got to have somebody, one, one, recognizing when you're in that space, but then you got to have somebody that you can bounce ideas off of. Mm, I love that. I love that. You reminded me of a scenario, right? And for our loyal listeners, right? Y'all done heard this story before, but y'all gonna hear it again, right? And, <laughs> you know, it might be somebody that didn't hear it. So I'll never forget after I had the first Winners United Virtual Summit, right? Literally, I don't know if it was like the same day or the next day, but in between that time span, I was like beating myself up, you know? Oh, I should have did this. I could have did that. I mean, and the event was great. Like great feedback, great everything, right? Could have, should have, would have, blah, 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 right? So that post-event spiral I was going into, right? And then I will say like one of my friends, one of my friends was like, Nicole, you did amazing. You know, like, so having those people, I can say that, you know, a lot of times where, what do they say? You too close, can't see the forest for the trees. Like you're too close to the thing, but your people around you are watching you. They're seeing how amazing you are, right? And even when you don't feel amazing, they should be there, right? And if they're not there, then maybe you need to get some new people, right? right? Because we do believe, you know, in the importance of those we surround ourselves with, right? But your people should be there to pick you up, you know, and remind you of those amazing things that you have going on. And then another thing that I did was like, I literally went back over my entire year and wrote out everything I did. Cause this was, my event was in December, Right. So I took a moment and wrote out everything I did for the entire year because I needed that boost. Right. Because I was just all the way down for whatever reason. Right. It it was no real reason to be all the way down. So 
I love, love, love those mindset hacks. I do believe awareness is important. And one thing I will say that I've learned, I've experienced as well as learned from all of the research, right, in conducting all of these interviews is that entrepreneurship, like it's an up and down, up and down, you know, like they say entrepreneurs are like crazy. Like we have issues, you know, because it, entrepreneurship is a very stressful thing, you know, and it's filled with peaks and valleys. Right. So having that awareness of what you're getting into and how you're feeling. Right. But not staying there. Right. We don't want to yeah, stay definitely. there. Right. Yeah, I love that you said that, you know, recognize that's where you are, but don't stay there. Like do what you can to crawl out. <laughs> and if you can't crawl out by yourself, find some help to help you crawl out. You don't want to stay there. Right. Right. So let's talk about the I don't believe I belong here mindset. Right. Because I do believe this is a thing that people experience. And I know I personally have experienced it. But I also believe that it needs to be redefined or reframed. Right. So tell us or talk to us about gaining access to rooms that we don't think we fit in, maybe why it's important, how we convince ourselves that we belong there or anything you have for us in relation to this topic. Yeah. So I think sometimes we try to discount ourselves or discount our skills or the value we bring to the rooms. And as a result of us discounting that, we don't even raise our hand for opportunities. And so raising your hand may literally be like physically raising your hand, right? Like you're up for a promotion. I'm going to raise my hand for that. Or I see this job description, but in business and entrepreneurship, it looks like, let me slip into her DMs and ask a little question more about this event. Like, I'm not quite sure if I'm a fit, but let me at least just ask, right? Sometimes we say no to ourselves without even really knowing what we are saying no to. And so I always kind of tell my clients, hey, look, like this might not be a fit for you, right? But before you say no, at least know know what you're saying no to. And so I really, really encourage, you know, women, but women entrepreneurs in particular, like just get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's fun, but like in a full transparent moment, you know, I'm working with a business acceleration coach. She has built and sold a $250 million tech business. I haven't built no $250 million business, but she asked me for this opportunity to be able to partner. And so you could come up with all these scenarios of why is she asking me or what do I bring to the table or, you know, what happens if I mess up? What if I have to let her down? But at the same time, we always look for the obstacles and like the doom and gloom part instead of saying, you know what? She asked me because I'm a badass. Like, that's why she asked me. She asked me because I'm at the top of my game. She asked for because I bring these skills to the table. And so we got to stop discounting ourselves before we even get in the rooms. Because that's where the opportunities are. The more, the higher we want to go and the more we want to see in our lives and our business, we have to surround ourselves with different audiences and different opportunities. And if we are constantly saying no before we even get the opportunity, then that just limits us and hinders us even more so. And you going through and you looking at, well, why she got that? You know, why she got this nice little podcast, you know, because you said no. So don't be mad at her. <laughs> don't be mad at Nicole for doing what she doing. Don't be mad at us for doing what we doing. Like you have those opportunities. We all do. Right. But sometimes we say no before we shut ourselves out before we even get in the room. We got merch. Go to winhersunited.com forward slash shop to check out the WinHers t-shirts. 
there are two options available for you in multiple colors. One is called the Winhurst Courageous T-shirt and the other is called the Winhurst Birthright T-shirt. The material is top-notch and the designs are too cute. Remember, you're a Winher every day, so you might as well wear the T-shirt. Get yours today at winhersunited.com forward slash shop. Right. So that made me think of a few things, right? The lotto. <laughs> what do they say? You got to be in it to win it, right? right. You right. know, and I know people like that just assume they know the answer. Or, oh, I don't want to bother this person or oh, this or oh, that. So basically, like, let somebody else tell you no before you tell, like, let them tell you no. It don't let them tell you no. I don't care if you get you think you're getting on their nerves. I don't care what you think. Let them tell you no, right? And I think that touches on a bigger thing that people need to pay attention to. Like, it's okay. No is okay. And I'm speaking from a spoiled, like I was a spoiled brat as a child, right? So if you don't know what that means, that means I do not. When I say do not, I mean <laughs> it with every epitome of every part of my being. I don't like the word no, even as an adult. Like some people, you spoil, I sure am. But guess what? You know, when you're trying to reach heights and do things, you're going to be faced with some no's and you have to learn to, like you said, get comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Because if not, you could be stopping yourself from a major breakthrough, from your next big thing, from a great partnership, from whatever, you know, is in store for you. That's on the other side of you asking that question or like you said, raising your hand. Like it's super, super important. I'm a award-winning podcaster because... I applied for the application, you know, like I went after that thing. Like you have to go after what you want. Right. Yeah. And then I was just going to say, we not psychic. Like I always, I talk, y'all hear me talking about how, you know, my guests, the guests be psychic, right. Cause they be knowing the questions I got and I don't share it. Right. But in all actuality, that's just because we're in tune. Right. Mm -hmm. But we are not psychic people per se. I mean, some people out there, you know, that's their thing. I ain't, I ain't stepping on the right thing, right? But per se, we're not, right? So until you ask, what do they say? If you don't ask, the answer is always no. Absolutely. So just think about it that way. And then you also made me think of another thing that I've said on past podcast episodes. It's a meme that I saw. And this meme really like it stuck with me because when you said it like it literally reminded me of the meme so it's a little tinkerbell and she's on a cliff right and she's thinking about going off the cliff right and she said what if i fall and it said but what if you fly so we don't know what's gonna happen you know we got to take those risks to find out right it could be not the way we want it to be but even in that we're going to learn some valuable lessons that's going to help us in the future anyway right so that was good, y'all. Look, that was good, if I must say so myself. <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about why you don't think it's smart to be the smartest person in the room and what advice you have for us to make sure that we're not in this position as often as possible. Yeah, so I, it really goes back to raising our hand to be in rooms. But if you are finding that your business has plateaued or that you look around at your circle and you're like, dang, like I'm giving more than what I'm receiving, that's probably a sign that you need to expand your circle. And sometimes, you know, we feel like we're leaving people behind. I only want to go to this if like my business bestie can go. I only want to go to this if my girlfriend can go. 
And I'm not saying that you have to let people go, but sometimes you just have to expand so that you can bring more opportunities back for your clients and back for the, that circle. So if you find it yourself that you are the smartest tech in the, in the toolbox, go sharpen your skills, go hang with some other powerhouses. You'd be surprised the ideas that you get, but it's also for the good of your clients and for the good of your circle that you bring it back to. Mm. And I'm a piggyback and say, sometimes you do got to let them people go. Look, you something. Look, you listen. You right. You do. You (laughs) have to limit access. So you are completely correct on that. Look, do not fight the inevitable. Right. Because it'll just prolong your journey. (laughs) And it's so funny, though, because what I noticed with me is that people start to fall out of my life themselves, you know? And then I'm so sad. Why they not this? Why this? Why that? Right. But in all actuality, it's the way that it had to be. Right. Because, yeah, you know, I probably was giving too much, not receiving. Right. And it wasn't good, even though it was, again, comfortable. Right. So I like that. And I I do agree. I do agree. And it's not easy. Right. It's not easy because it's change. You know, like we like this soft blanket that we done had mm-hmm. for all these years right but that blanket look that blanket never mind I ain't gonna go there I was about it might be tattered I'll say it for you that blanket might be tattered got some holes in it might need to just you know so you're not like when you clean your closet you got stuff you like okay I'm gonna t- put take this to goodwill and then you get some stuff you like I can't even take this to goodwill this need to go in the trash that's how that's how those blankets are like don't even take that to Goodwill. Don't even repurpose it. Don't even put it in the corner. No, nah, just put that in the trash. <laughs> right. Yes, that was nicer than my visualization. Like, Nicole, all right, let's stop. <laughs> I like it, right? And it's all for ourselves, right? Because how do you say, like, I think it's also a redefining that's needed on being selfish, right? Because we've been conditioned to believe that being selfish is bad. Right. But if you don't take care of yourself, how can you be who you need to be for whomever, for your family, for your friends, for your business? Right. Like you have to take care of yourself, you know, so that you can be who you were created to be. Right. And making sure you're not the smartest person in the room is a great way to take care of yourself. Yeah, I love that. I definitely like that you said that for sure, because that's a that is a form of selfishness in a positive way is your self-development and your personal development. Right. All right. So let's talk about creating opportunities for yourself when there are none readily available. Oh, yes. Okay. So collaborations is cool for that. That is where you really lean on your business partners and your collaborations. Like you're looking, okay, where are my clients at or where is this? But then when you have that collaboration, it opens up opportunities for you. So sometimes you the opportunities are there. Sometimes the opportunities have to, like, have to be created. And sometimes you create those through, you know, whether it's collaborations, some new joint offers, whether it is, again, we're talking about just raising your hand, raising your hand for things that you may not even necessarily think are opportunities, but it just opens up your eyes to some different ideas. Mm, I like that. I like that. So that's so funny because like this podcast was my way of, creating an opportunity, right? Like I was really prior to podcasting, you know, in a dark place and I wanted to see something different in my life, right? I wanted to be around 
women that were doing amazing things, right? And just in that, like I have, so many things have come about from me starting this podcast to from speaking engagements to just having a whole new network of friends to people that I collaborate with on business ventures, like so many different things, right? So I agree. I agree, right? We don't wait for that table. What they say, create your own table. Or like I am the table. (laughs) Right, right. Okay, all right. So let's talk about making self-care a daily practice. What advice do you have for us on how to do this? Yeah, so one, I think it is redefining what that is. We think it might be like a trip to the islands or a massage, and it could be that stuff. But for me, self-care, I try and incorporate it daily. So I listen to audiobooks. I have a audible subscription. At first, you know, you pay, have that, you know, $14.95. You're like, am I really going to listen to books? But then I started doing it on a regular basis while I'm cooking dinner. So every day I carve out about an hour or so, cook dinner, listen to my audiobook. It's a way for me to get off of social, for me to get away from my desk. You work from home. Sometimes you're just literally staring at your computer all day. So that's a good way for me to cook a healthy meal, not spend money on eating out, but then also be able to have just that little bit of time to myself. So I like to incorporate things like that. My husband and I, we had a number of shows that we binge watch. So we make sure that during the week, our phones are down. We're just listening and and chilling out, watching TV together. So those are like some ways that you can do self-care without it feeling like, oh, like I can't afford to take a trip to the islands, you know, today, (laughs) today, but you might be able to go for a walk. You might be able to, you know, watch your favorite TV show or listen to a book. So just incorporating those little things, making yourself a priority throughout the day. Mm, I like that. You made me think of right now I'm reading Atomic Habits, which is one of the books. I know several different people on the podcast suggest that as a book. Right. So I'm finally reading it. But they he talks about like small changes, you Mm -hmm. know, how small changes yield big results. So I love your, you know, even if it's 30 minutes, even if it's in half an hour, you know, what can you do? to pour back into you. Cause again, you know, we can't pour from an empty cup or we can, but then it goes back to what you said, like pour into our business, you know, and then them, them social media posts going to be looking like what's wrong with her. Some may, some, some a little off, some a little Drive off. Right? So. Out, look. <laughs> <laughs> look, so I just, so don't be like me y'all. Cause like when I'm going through a thing, I just stop posting all together. Right. Cause I don't want it to pour into, but then that's not the solution either. Right. So with those tips of giving yourself, feeding yourself in those increments, you know, you don't have to do the pause and start back again, you know, you can have a consistent flow on all angles. And here's the thing, if you're consistently showing up, if you want to take a day off, you can take a day off from posting, right? It's the days off, then then you just want to pop out and be like, hey, like I got this. No, you ain't even been consistent. But when you are really consistently showing up, you can take the weekend off. You can chill. You can relax. <laughs> okay, look, we got permission, y'all. Look, I needed that because you know yeah. these some of these social. Well, well, I say if you showing up consistently. Oh, okay, all right. So y'all got to listen to that first part. <laughs> Show up consistently, but you know I don't heard they like you got post at nine o'clock, twelve o'clock, three o'clock. You should be posting at least three to four times per day, per platform, per this, and I'm like. I'm tired just listening to you. Right. <laughs> so now what? Now, how are we going to get yeah. something done? There is a strategy and there's a time and a place for being omnipresent and super aggressive. But again, when you are really consistent, then you don't have to feel like your hands have to be glued to your phone. 
Okay, I like that. I needed that. I hope whoever else needed that. Look, we we got we got what we needed, right? <laughs> All right. So we talked about your two businesses, right? Socially savvy, fire savvy. You also mentioned having a nonprofit, a brick and mortar. You're also a mom, a wife, and 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 right. So tell us, how do you find balance with such a heavy load? Yeah, it is a balance. <laughs> and I don't even want to say it's a balance because I think when we hear balance, you think that all things are equal all the time. And that's not necessarily the case, right? You know, sometimes my business may take priority over the nonprofit. In heavy, you know, spring season, we have a nonprofit that focuses on youth track and field and we empower our kids through the sport of track and field. So spring season, I know we're gearing up for that. That might take a backseat to something else, right? When I know that it's busy season for work and a nonprofit, then I'm door dashing during the week, right? So balance doesn't look like everything is equal at all the same time. It looks like you making it work based on what you know that your priorities are at that particular season. So, you know, some seasons is like heavy family mode. That's why I love, you know, summers because it's kind of like relaxed. And then, you know, maybe your business can take a little bit of a backseat. But then I know like, okay, this is busy season. Like, and you communicate with your family, y'all. Like, I am really going hard with this goal. Involve your family, involve the people around you. Listen, I'm going to be on the phone from here to here. Then you got a support system and that looks like a little bit different versus feeling like everything is out of balance. Mm, I like that. I like that. So communication is key, right? Communication is key. But I really love how you said, you know, like it's not an even distribution, right? Because I think that that could be a facade, you know, it's not an equal distribution. It sets you up for failure too. Right. Yeah. So knowing the ebbs and flows and acting accordingly, right? So it also made me think of like, so if you know one of your things is a high season, don't be planning stuff during that time now, because that's how we get burnt out. Right. We got to be smart (laughs) about how we plan our time. Right. Like it's up to us. And I'm look, I'm talking to me, y'all. Like, so, if you know, if anybody else out there with me, say amen. Right. I am a person that overloads my calendar. Right. Like, okay, so this is something I just learned about myself. When I travel and I've been traveling a lot and the rest of this year is looking like the same. The week after travel, I'm burnt out. Like I'm not as young as I used to be. Right. So it takes me a while to get back onto my schedule, to wake up on time, like all of the things. Right. So I noticed that I don't produce the way I want to produce the week after travel. So now that I know this information, it's like, okay, Nicole, if you know you're traveling, then that week after you need to plan light you know, to accommodate for what you need to right, bring yourself post, back. The post-event depression. You got to build up. You got to factor in your post-event depression. <laughs> right. Whatever that looks like. Listen, or whatever the event may be. Right. Oh, my goodness. Look, I'm learning. I'm learning. And I, look, and I'll tell you, all look, for me, I speak spreadsheets. So I literally just got an accountability partner earlier this year and me and her meet every week. Right. And. It's so cool. So cool. Like we met through church. Like she happened to put some about accountability partner in the chat. And I was like, hey, you know, so that's sort of like raising your hand. Like, I don't know her, you know, and then now we meet every week and we keep each other accountable, you know. But what I did in doing that was I have a spreadsheet and every week I put stuff and then I got my check marks because check marks make my heart sing. Right. You know, then I started color coding and all of that. But I say all that to say doing that and seeing it in black and white the week after I traveled, I was like, oh, 
this don't look the way last week looked or the week before, right? So having that data, right? So even if you have to write stuff down, you know, so that you can see the trends to realize what works and what doesn't work, like it's super, for me, that's what worked, you know? So if you, look, if you like me, look, write it down. So then you can look at the trend and, <laughs> and, and adjust accordingly, okay? Right. <laughs> Listen, so tell us about your latest win and why it's important to you. I would say my fire savvy community. That's my biggest and latest win. We created it, honestly, sort of by accident in December. You know, it's one of those things like, hey, like I'm about to work on my business in terms of the planning for 2023. Let's do it in the mansion. Hey, you think some of our friends want to do it? Send a text and then... Long story short, months later, now we have this, you know, on a path to a multi-million dollar program, a community of, you know, 20, 20, 30 women strong. And it's just a really powerful way for women to be able to recognize that they don't have to do it alone, right? <laughs> that they don't have to do it alone, that they can grow their business in a sustainable way, that they can show up for their business and create that momentum for themselves, but they don't have to do it by themselves. They don't have to do it alone. So that's my biggest win over this past, you know, couple months or so. All right. Congratulations. Look, I, look, I, I be stalking Chanel on social media, right? Because her social media is very good, right? I be trying to pull some inspiration and stuff from <laughs> it. I'm still, y'all, y'all keep me in your prayers. But anywho, yeah, like I saw it pop up and I'm like, wait a minute, what is this? You know, so like, that's so awesome. And I love that. I love it. Love it. Thank you. So tell us what being a winner means to you. Showing up for yourself, showing up for yourself, standing in your authority, raising your hand for opportunities, but then being able to not just raise your hand for yourself, but raise your hand for the women that are right behind you, alongside you, that want to be able to, one, one, want to root you on and cheer you on, but also need you to raise your hand so that you can pull them along and bring opportunities to them as well. Mm, that was good. That was good. So you reminded me of the quote that I used as my push to even start this podcast and just kind of step outside of myself. Right. And it was Marianne Williamson, the, the coach Carter, that's what I equated to, but you know, like talking about letting your light shine, but you know, it's a part in that quote that talks about like, when you let your light shine, you give other people the permission to do the same. You know, and I was so busy wanting to play small because I didn't want to make people feel bad. Like I always knew I was super smart. I was often the smartest person in the room, but yet I often shrunk myself down because I didn't want to make anyone else feel bad because I'm super down to earth. Like I don't look at myself. You know, how some people could be snobby and stuff like that. Like that's totally not me. So I often downplay myself. Right. But then it's like, no, Nicole, like you could still be great, be down to earth and all of that. And when you do that, you let other people know that they can be great, too. So, look, tried and true, y'all. It's tried and true advice. <laughs> yes. I, I love it. I love it. All right, Chanel. So I like to talk. Look, I'm a podcaster. I like to talk. I will kidnap a person you know, and keep them all day. Right. But I'm not going to do that. So let us know any parting advice or words that you have for us. And then let us know where we can connect with you, follow you, find you and tell them about your social savvy cards too. Are, are those still a thing? 
Yeah, they are very yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Tell us about those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much still a thing. So I'll start with the socially savvy power prompt cards. They were created by me raising my hand, right? So we're talking a lot about, you know, creating opportunities when you don't necessarily see one. I saw that entrepreneurs, sometimes you don't, you don't have anything to say on social. You need that extra boost to be consistent and just needing some ideas, right? And so I had this idea of putting together cards that give you prompts that you can create engagement, create authority for your timeline and create conversion. And so they are a physical product. It is a wealth of card uh, prompts that you can literally use in your social media. They work extremely well with chat GBT. So I know that, you know, it's the hottest thing going, but they are prompts that are literally mailed to your home, mailed to your office, and you got content for days and you can get those at powerpromptcards.com. My parting words though, is just to show up consistently. Raise your hand. Don't make assumptions. We touched on it just a little bit, but we got to stop putting people on pedestals and feeling like we can't approach certain people because they might think a certain thing or I don't want to let be vulnerable and let them know. Stop putting people on pedestals and thinking they're going to judge you. Like if you need something, this is the year to get it, <laughs> period. Raise your hand, go slide in somebody's DMs, ask them a question, go get what you need so that you can grow your business and grow yourself personally. And then the last way that you can find me Fire Savvy, if you are looking for the cheat codes to 10X your business, go to firesavvy.net. And I'm on all the socials at Chanel Evans. So I'm looking forward to connecting with your listeners and really just continuing the conversation. All right. Well, Chanel, we appreciate you. Had such a great time. So much valuable information, laughs, all of the things. So thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed this interview with Chanel and I hope you did as well. My takeaway for today is to get clear on your audience and your offer to effectively show up socially savvy. I really appreciate Chanel getting to the bare bones of what it means and looks like to be socially savvy. But enough about me, how about you? What's your takeaway from this episode? Send me an email and let me know. My email is whenhersunited at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. One of my mottos is sharing is caring. So I sure hope that you care to share. I look forward to receiving an email from you. Also, don't forget to go to whenhersunited.com forward slash podcast. This is where you'll find the show notes for this episode, where you can read Chanel's full bio, Get the links to connect with Chanel. Get the Cash App handle for Winhurst United. Get the direct link to my Buy Me a Coffee page. Get the link to get your Winhurst t-shirt and more. We'll be back in two weeks with another amazing, winning woman of color entrepreneur. But until then, as always, be empowered and empower on. <laughs>